Hello, basketball fans, and welcome to the Dave and Dia podcast. Starting at center from Portland, the wily veteran, Dave Deckard. And at guard from Los Angeles, the patron saint of rainbows and unicorns, your podcast MVP, Dia Miller. Oh, yes, we are. I am Dave Deckard, and I am here with Dia Miller, the brilliant, the awesome, the chanting muse of Blazer Nation who keeps us all in good spirits, although we don't need that as much tonight because, my goodness, as we record this, we just came off a big win against the Charlotte Hornets, as big as a win Charlotte could be, but super exciting game, and uh, the Blazers look back on the right track. We're heading into All-Star uh, week, so it, it's a kind of a good time for uh, Blazer fans. How are you feeling, Dia? Yeah, you know, it was it was rough losing to the Lakers. Oh, no. I... Okay, wait, wait. Well, you, you <laughs> I rough? set you up. I set you up. I set you up for the rainbows and the unicorns, and you, like, brought... Day old oatmeal. Well, what I, because 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 I gotta get I gotta get that out of the way. I mean, we're gonna have to talk about it. So I'd rather just get it out of the way. You set me up. Okay, I'm coming back to it. Okay, okay, but wait, folks, I can tell you why this is happening. Dia got a new mic, and she oh, is feeling so her oats now. <laughs> it is huge. This thing is like the size of my head. I mean, this is this is like the Rudy Gobert of mics here. And she's, it's just like she's talking into a barbershop pole or something like that. We need to get like sparkly lights on it. And uh, so it should it should probably be bejeweled. I probably need to add some some rhinestones on it. My daughter would like that. It's beautiful. And I would like to cuddle with it and tuck it in at night and buckle it into my children's car seats. My audio from now on will be top notch. <laughs> so it will sound like I am just right there in the room with you. Which, and I hope you all enjoy how my voice actually sounds. And if that is true, folks, duck because she waves her hands a whole lot. <laughs> But like now that she's got the big microphone, she's just going to take over. She's just going to like divert the topics wherever she wants to go. That is where I see how this is working. I'm going to have to we're going to have to have like mutually assured destruction with our mics here. I'm going to have to build up my mic stockpile so that I have as much armament as you do. It's going to be a old USA Soviet Union kind of thing. We'll see. Anyway, I mean, Lakers, go ahead. The good news is I can I can just hide behind it and no. you can't even you cannot see her. She can Can't play peekaboo. <laughs> oh my gosh, where'd Dia go? Oh. She's just a voice. Well, she's just a voice to all of them out there anyway. So True. anyway, the it's Lakers a really lost. good thing. It's a really good thing the video isn't out there, I, I think, almost regularly. <laughs> I think it would stress you out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I you know, I'm up until three o'clock at night anyway. So this is the middle of my day. It's the end of Dia's. So like <laughs> end of day. Just, Dia. just call me out as being old, Dave. It's cool. Just, <laughs> I go to sleep at nine o'clock. It's all right. It's we all already right. established that you're the one. Aren't you the one going to like 430 dinners with coupons and stuff like that nowadays? <laughs> I mean, that kind of sounds like a good life to me. I'm not going to knock it. <laughs> Do not put anything but mayo on that burger. I remember. Yes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> me and my my plain 
my plain cheeseburger. Okay, okay Lakers. Oh, I, got, I got to tell you this, though. Okay, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. We'll get there. We'll get to the Lakers loss, I promise. Although we might not want to talk about it. But okay, <laughs> I hate to say I'm stepping out on you, but I do do other multimedia things. And we have a wonderful, at church, we have a wonderful video coordinator. And we're starting up a new enterprise there online. And I thought everybody should get to meet her. She's always interviewing me and doing other stuff. So anyway, we're doing this off-the-cuff interview, kind of like you and I do, except I was asking her about her. And at the end, I didn't have any other questions to ask. So I said, hey, if you won the lottery, what's the first thing that you would get? And she looked up for a second and she said, you know what? A corn dog. <laughs> and I was like, what the? <laughs> you won $120 million, except that's her perfectly. But I don't know why that came to mind. Oh, it's the eating and stuff like that. Your eating yeah. habits. She's like you. So apparently yep. the pinnacle of all cuisine for her is a corn dog which is I mean just, corn dogs are are quality food. They're kind of the bomb, but if I had 100 million dollars, I might go for some sushi or something, but You could go I'll tell you what I would do. I would get the corn dog, but I'd get it from Disneyland. Oh, see, yeah, no they're Disneyland well, corn dogs are you can't beat those. They are awesome and uh you know, after covid passes, I hope. But, right. And Disneyland's open and you have to pay $500 to get in. See, that makes the corn dog a little more on the scale of what you should be eating when you're a quadrillionaire. Exactly. Well, I'm in that pineapple slushy thing and in, in uh The Dole Whip? Yes, the Dole mm-hmm. Whip, which just sounds too naughty for Disneyland, frankly. Dole Whip? Really? <laughs> yeah. I I I would I mean, like to be Dole Whipped, please. It looks sounds like a former presidential candidate is getting naughty with you. This is the other thing. Not only do I eat like a five-year-old but things jokes go over my head like a five-year-old i don't that's okay uh, i my brain doesn't catch those things very often i guarantee you someone out there in podcast land just drove off the road but that's okay <laughs> let's get to this let's get to this lakers lost that you lakers talk about. disneyland's yes. totally related because the lakers are in the same area as disneyland so segueing into the lakers from disneyland and corn dogs that's right man this show is just going off the rails already it was a rough loss to the Lakers. You know, we've talked about this on here before, and I think most Blazer fans hate to lose to the Lakers, but I really hate to lose to the Lakers because I live in Los Angeles. My father is a Laker fan, and I have to be careful what I say now because my dad has started walking. He started exercising, which gives him time to listen to podcasts, and I think he might actually be listening to my podcast now. So I have to I have to watch what I say about my dad. Um, <laughs> you go, but... Dad. She's a good podcaster. Also, <laughs> not not to derail you again, but you know what? <laughs> I've like lost like five or six pounds in the last month. I'm like walking, wow, running, do all you. kinds of stuff. Yeah, not that we want to, but this was a goal of mine. Not everybody has to have that goal, but I've been out exercising. I'm pretty proud of me. So you yeah, go, and... Dad. Come on, Dad. Faster, faster, faster. Go. Okay. So my dad is a Laker fan. I have friends that are Laker fans because I live in LA and without fail, when we lose to the Lakers, my phone immediately starts going crazy. I get DMs from people I haven't talked to in five years that just want to rub in the fact that they beat the Blazers. I get text messages from everyone within a five mile radius letting me know that the Lakers won. It's a struggle. And it's interesting because I am not someone who rubs it in. So when we beat the Lakers, I keep my mouth shut. I don't call people. I don't text people. I avoid talking to my father about it. (laughs) We just, it's off limits. But for whatever reason, when the Blazers lose the Lakers, I hear about it. So I hate losing the Lakers. That was a rough one for me. Yeah, but Um, you know, 
friends don't let friends be Laker fans. So I don't know. I mean, there's not really a lot that I can do about it. I fought tooth and nail against my dad being a Laker fan, but everybody else, like I just, I, you know, I, I can't make your decisions for you. If you make poor life decisions, it's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, and that's one of the worst life worst life choices, I think. I mean, I, I okay, like if someone like takes over your mind and has alien control and makes you be a Lakers fan, that I can forgive, but like choosing to be one is a little sketchy. It's rough. It's rough. You know, I the truth is I have a lot of respect for a lot of the players that are on the Lakers. I really do. I mm-hmm. think that there's some great talent there. I enjoy watching them play when they're playing other people. I can't hate them hate on them that much, but I still don't like to lose. So well, that was rough. They have a competitive advantage, granted, being in LA. And they're the marquee franchise in the league. There's no doubt about that. So they they started on third base. I get it. But you have to give them credit. They do not accept anything but winning. For them, it is we are angling for a championship or we're not doing our job. And it's not that they haven't had down years. They have. They just don't talk about them, right? Right. But in those down years, you weren't hearing a lot about them. They weren't, you know, it's not like we did pretty good or we did whatever. They were literally, we're waiting until LeBron comes available and then we're going to get LeBron and we're going to get AD and we're going to win a title and there's nothing you can do about it. And that I respect about them. And they did it with Magic. You know, they did it with Shaq and Kobe. As much as I dis liked Shaq uh, I mean they won titles there and yeah. you got to it's, hand that attitude to them I think there's something to be said for that there's also something to be said for living in Los Angeles the land of 75 degree perfect weather and Disneyland like I mean it's a big market it's easy to entice people to come there it's a heck of a lot harder to try to entice a player to come to Portland so so yeah they've done a great job of that and you got to hand it to them and all that but they also have a lot to offer that other teams maybe necessarily don't this is also the land of show business so for players who want endorsements or who want to kind of branch into that world it's a good place to be this is just a good place to be guys want to come here so it's and by here, I mean where I live, not by where I associate. <laughs> I right. mean, L.A., not Portland. I think that, that they have that going for them. And there's really nothing that anyone can do about that. Like, we can't we can't change where the teams are located uh, geographically. Ge- geographically. <laughs> yeah, but, but the, you know, but you, the Blazers, look, if the Blazers had Chris Middleton. If the Blazers had drafted Chris Middleton, they would be a legit challenge to the Lakers this year. Now, last year, I don't know, because the Lakers were on a roll, right? But this year, you know, Anthony Davis injuries and stuff like that, they seem more vulnerable. The Blazers, I think, would be a legit challenge to the Clippers, even though they got Kawhi. The Blazers could, in certain worlds, take L.A. teams, even if the LA teams have a natural advantage, I don't think this year they're that far away. They just, the Blazers have to make more correct moves than LA does because LA has the easy one, but it's possible. No, you're right. And that's one of the things that I think is so cool about basketball, especially when you start getting into the business side of it and the part of it, that's not just the game part of it. It, It's intriguing. It's, it's interesting how you build a franchise and how, you know, between the drafting, between the trading, between the buying, like all that, there's so much that goes into it. And it's so interesting to me. It's just so interesting. We did okay for what we've got. Uh, my uh, Anyway, it, we're getting off again here, but I did not enjoy the loss to the Lakers. I don't enjoy any loss, but that's probably the hardest one for me uh, is that Lakers loss. But 
came back. Man, we, there were there were moments though in that first half where I thought, oh no, please let's not have another loss. <laughs> but they pulled it together, and the second half of that game looked good. I mean, they looked really good. They were passing, they were playing defense, they were doing some fancy things. It was fun basketball to watch. I really enjoyed watching the second half of that game, and I really hope we get to see more of that. So two keys, I think, to that. One is somewhat. I would say unexpected, let's put it politely. But Charlotte has great guards, okay? They have a a lot of guards. They're stacked there. And so they were going to present a problem to Portland's backcourt, theoretically. But Portland's forwards hit so many three-pointers. And, of course, the team set a franchise record with 24 three-pointers made. That's part of it. I mean, when in doubt, shoot more threes. But they also shot 52.2% on their three-pointers. And it's going to be hard for the Blazers to lose when they do that. Problem is, they won't do that every night. But the brilliant part about it was, it was Carmelo Anthony. It was Robert Covington doing that. They also set a season record for steals. And again, a lot of that, I think, the forwards turned up the defense. And when that happened, when the forwards came through, this team looked really, 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 really good. The thing is, again, they can't shoot 52% from three-point land probably every night. So they're going to have to find a little more sustainability. But you got a glimpse, I think, of the best of what the Blazers could be, perhaps, on Monday night. And it, it looked really nice. In fact, they looked all but undefendable. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun to watch. I mean, Robert Covington had an almost perfect scoring game. There was a large part of that game where he did not miss literally not even not even as a figure of speech you know when you say someone's not missing and they're just missing every now and then he literally did not miss a shot I think until right at the end if I'm not mistaken he was on fire and that was cool to see you know Mello had his season high of 29 points and somebody posted I don't know if you saw the thread but somebody posted on Twitter a video of all of his shots and said not one of his shots even hit the rim they all just Right. I mean, he he had a great game as far as that went. And and Mello, we forgot to we forgot to mention this after the Laker game. But in that Laker game, Mello moved up to number seventeen on all time field goals made. I, when you think about the fact that we're talking about the entire NBA, the history of the entire NBA, anybody who has ever played in the league, Mello is number seventeen on all time field goals. That's insane. Like that is something to be proud of. And I think that. Mello's just been on fire here lately. Uh, He still has his off times, but I think it's easy to forget the caliber of player that we have in Mello because he's getting older and he's not in his prime anymore. I mean, we're watching someone that people will talk about for years and years to come. He will forever be a part of NBA history. And I think that's pretty cool to to get to see that play out on your own team. Yeah, it was on Monday night. Now, the uh, part of the reason Melo is excelling is because there aren't other options. Like, like we keep saying, the Blazers are playing seven, eight men, and Melo's got to be one of them. And so he has the perpetual green light. And some nights that looks really bad, and some nights that looks really great. Lately, it's been looking really great. So you've got, as you say, you've got to give him credit. Honestly, there are some of these wins that have depended on him. Okay, there are at least two or three. And, and I think, honestly, the Charlotte victory was one of them. Yeah, Covington did more. But without Carmelo doing that, I think that game would have been close. You have to 
give him a lot of credit for keeping the Blazers afloat exactly when they need it because they don't have anybody else. They got the right guy for that situation. Again, whether he's the right guy when they're completely healthy remains to be seen, but you you cannot ask any more than he's giving. And and look, at the beginning of the season, I was all in on the this is really shaky because it was. But right now, when you've literally got four tires on a four-tire vehicle and that's it, you can't look at the one that's wobbling slightly and go, I don't know about that tire. You go, I like that tire a lot. Right. That's not the point where you want to pull the tire off and throw it on the side of the road. Yeah. Like that's the time that you're thankful that you've got all t- all four tires. Yeah. Mello's always going to be controversial. He always is. The, the way that he plays is going to be controversial. It's always interesting to watch Twitter throughout games with, as people are, are tweeting and posting and talking about things. Mello is always a source of conversation. Always. When he's hot, It's like everybody's talking about how good he is and how lucky we are to have him and blah, blah, blah. And when he's off, people just rip him apart. And I think he's one of those people that is just controversial. I mean, we hear Danny, for those of you who don't know who I'm talking about, Danny from Blazer's Edge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who also does the the Blazer's Outsiders show. He's very much not a fan of Mello. And he's very, uh, maybe I shouldn't say he's not a fan of Mello, but he has issues with critiques Mello's game. Yeah. The, yeah, the things he's, that are, he's, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's he's critical. And I think, you know, he he makes some solid points. He's not wrong, but I think it's it's you get a lot of this hot and cold with Mello. There really doesn't seem to be anybody who's kind of in the middle. People either love him or criticize him. He seems to take that in stride. I think he's somebody that just he he loves the game. He's there to play. And and at this point in his career, he's not really worried about all that. But it's definitely interesting to watch the way that people the way that people talk about Melo. But I think that this is a good reminder to us that regardless of whether you you know, whether he's having a good night or bad night, whether he's having a uh, you know, whether he's being guarded by three people and still shooting or, you know, looking for a way to pass the ball. Mello is a world-class player. He just is. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a fantastic player that's breaking records even to this day. Yeah, let's go back a second to your point because it's interesting. And let's divorce this from Danny because I love Danny. And I think I think <laughs> Danny has a lot of things right, frankly. He but does. He really, and I, yeah, I think that's important to say. I don't know yeah. if I said that, but he he's not wrong. He's right. definitely not wrong. Let, let's talk about like the way people approach the game and talking about it to begin with. Here's the fatal flaw that will get you every time. If you try to be right, Okay, because you will be right sometimes, yep. but you will also be wrong. And yep. if your only goal is to be right, you're not going to see the game or very much difference between the two, right and wrong, yep. right? When Mello is bad, he is bad. Okay, the defense gets pretty bad and the offense gets ball killing and bricking. That is an issue. But when Mello is good, he is also really good. Okay, and we have to be comfortable with both of those. And again, how do you sort them out? We just said it. It's the situation you're in. You don't complain when you're hungry and someone hands you ice cream. You don't ask where that ice cream came from. You eat the ice cream and the Blazers are hungry right now. And Mello is at least a double scoop on most nights. Now, is it good for you? 
Maybe not in the long run. You can't eat that all the time. But right now, you got to grab that and slurp it down because it is really good. And as far as how Mello cares, I don't think he does. He heard worse than this in New York. He heard way worse than this in Denver. There was a time in which people thought Carmelo was maybe the second best player in the entire NBA and arguing about whether he could be the best. But his teams never won. And that's a heavy burden to bear because people will fillet you for that. This is minor league criticism compared to that. The dude's what, uh, 42 and a half thousand years old. So, I mean, he's my age. He's 36. He is also (laughs) getting the 430 buffet uh, coupon thing going. So, hey, me and Mello will will I'll go to the buffet and hang out with Mello. I'm good with that. I bet he would too. So in any case, he has nothing to prove anymore. He has nothing to lose anymore. And that's pretty much what the Blazers need coming off the bench. Look, do you want a guy with a conscience? Do you want a guy who's like, I know I'm literally the only option, but I'm not sure whether I should play my way or not. Or do you want a guy who's like, I don't care. I'm going to play my way because I'm your only option. Give me the ball. I think for the most part, he's pretty well loved in Portland. I think Portland loves a good story. I don't think that's, I don't think I'm alone in that. I think, you know, people like what happened. They, they like that he's there. Like it or not, he's done some good for us. So we can't, you know, I mean, I guess we could argue all kinds of things about it, but not today, not on this podcast. (laughs) Exactly. Well, and let's, let's do this too. Let's say Zach Collins were healthy and in that place. I mean, the Blazers defense would be better. I think in the long run, they'd be better off, but you know what? Zach Collins ain't scoring 29. And if the Blazers were down to like eight players and Zach is one of them instead of Mello, like I said, they probably have better defense, but I think they'd also be in deeper trouble. Because they just would have no offensive production off the bench, apart from Anthony Simons. And God bless Anthony Simons, but he's not going to carry the entire second unit at this point. So, I mean, again, right player, right time. I want to talk about the Carmelo versus LaMelo issue here because it's a thing. It is such a thing. And, you know, you've got Carmelo Anthony who is a 36-year-old NBA veteran, all-star, the Hall of Famer, you know, he played on the Olympic team, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, the guy is world-class at this point. Um, And then you've got LaMelo Ball, who's coming in as a rookie. Now, we have to give this guy some credit. He just killed it. He, He was balling. He is an incredible player and I think he's going to be really exciting to watch. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where he goes and how he does. That being said, he's a rookie. And I think it's so interesting because you've got, you know, Carmelo Anthony who is this player and you've got LaMelo Ball and they're both going by the nickname Mello and you so you've got this whole well there's only one Mello I've seen so much of that I heard it on the on the broadcast last uh last was it last night no whenever the last game was um and it's so it's it's interesting because I've I've heard people say well what are you gonna say is there only one Chris is there only one Zach is there only well no but Mello is not a common name that's like if you were to say well there's only one Deandra which is obviously my full name that I don't often go by or Shaq yeah I mean that's a better example because I don't play basketball but there's 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 it's not like it's 
Chris or Steve or Zach. It's a it's a unique nickname. And I think it's something that that he's had for a while and that's followed him. And so to be a rookie coming in and and kind of claiming that same nickname, there's been some controversy there. And then he started doing the three to the dome celebration as well. And I I heard a lot of people making comments about that. And I'm curious, Dave, what you think about this. (laughs) I could care less, really, because I think it was overblown with Mello in the first place. That said, LaMelo, I think, is going to be good. As you say, Carmelo has been great. So until the old guy moves out of your lane, you don't get to pass him. Right now, it's kind of like being in the cereal aisle in the grocery store, and you got Captain Crunch, and then you got that generic version over there that kind of looks like the Captain Crunch, but that don't taste like Captain Crunch. And if you want to go for it to save some money, more power to you, but you got to know what you're munching down on there, and it ain't Carmelo. So I heard Carmelo say something or said something like, uh, oh, he only does one dap on his head instead of three or something like that. I, I don't know. That's silliness to me. But if you're talking about Mello at this point until Carmelo retires, he is Mello. And LaMelo can just get <laughs> watch the old man ride in the fast lane with his blinker on for a while until he actually gets over and exits. Yeah, I mean, I to his credit, I don't think that this is the kind of thing where he came in the league and decided, I'm going to start going by this. I think that this is probably a nickname he's had since he was a kid. You know, it's an easy nickname for the name LaMelo. Like, that makes sense. Um, especially because his his brothers, I think, they have all shortened their names as well. Like, to his credit, I think that's that's that. It's just kind of a fun thing to watch people go back and forth. People will debate anything. I mean, if you say the sky is blue, someone's going to someone's gonna argue that it's actually violet. Like, you, there, people will debate anything. Depends and I on think the time of day, is- Dia. Exactly my point. Exactly my point. Thank you for making my point, Dave. I, it's just Uh-oh. it's she's one got of those... the bigger microphone, so I guess it's blue. <laughs> I think it's I think it's just one of those things that that is kind of entertaining. Um, Mello did go after the game and talk about how in in you know in the post game interviews because everybody's talking about this that he was fine with it that he blessed it whatever and uh, they traded jerseys. They, they did the yeah, jersey they traded switch. jerseys. And I think that's class. And that's, you know, I always go back to this, but that's something that I appreciate so much about our team and the guys on our team. There is not a man on our team who does not have, who does not act with class. They are, they're a class act. And I, I that's not to say that they don't have emotions or they don't get mad or they don't react to things. But I just think that at the end of the day, they're acting with class. And I appreciate that. And I, I think it's a, I think it's solid. I like it. Well, I mean, there can be Carmelo and LaMelo, and maybe they're both Mellows. But for Blazer fans, there's definitely only one Dave Tortzik. We know that for sure. (laughs) Well, I will say it got a little confusing at times during the announcing because when they're playing each other. So you can be, you can both be mellow as long as you're not playing each other, in which case let's just call them by their last names. Although that confuses me because when they call him Anthony, I start thinking, wait, who's Anthony? Anthony Davis? Anthony did Yeah, they- <laughs> that's confusing. Exactly. Moving on to the All-Star break is coming up. Uh, we're not quite there. We'll have a couple more games here to talk about, but we, we will be was... by the time people hear this. I mean, it'll be really close. There'll oh, be true. like a game left. Yeah, but there's been some stuff that's happened surrounding the All Star Game that has to do with the Blazers. First of all, I think it's really cool that for I don't know, it's probably not the first time, but it's really cool to see. 
the Blazers participating in every aspect. So Dame was uh, voted into the All-Star game. <laughs> and then he was also set to participate in three-point contest. Then Anthony Simons was announced as being uh, part of the dunk contest. And Robert Covington is doing the skills Test, skills test skills, skills competition, competition. Skills, yeah, yeah he's whatever. not trying to be a fireman he's a, yeah the skills competition <laughs> thank goodness because we need him i don't know um, firemen are kind of hot i mean so coming to probably do it firemen can't help here i Dave. think that is they... the skills test though how hot are you okay super hot you're a fireman very good um so i think that i just think that's really cool to be the team that we are and to be again a small market team to have somebody get asked to participate in every single event i just think that's really cool it makes it more fun to watch it makes it more exciting now since that announcement dame has chosen not to participate in the three-point competition as far as we know he is still participating in the all-star game but as of now he is decided not to participate in three-point competition to rest. That has been, I don't think that's how they said it. They said for, yeah, for, for rest purposes is what for was rest officially purposes, yeah. released. So, yes. I mean, hey, I guess that gives him another day off. Okay, that works, I suppose. I would have loved to see him in it. I mean, because gosh, damn, yeah. three-pointers. I mean, synonymous. I, I would have... I would rather he did he did the three point contest than the All Star game. I think, to be honest, I, we talked about this in our written piece yesterday. Actually, MVP, MVP. This could be the year because they know Dame got snubbed. I mean, everybody but Luka Doncic knows that Dame got snubbed, and if he is selected on the correct team, there is a chance that he could be that team's lead and that they could set him up. And that's never happened for a Trailblazer player, so you don't know. I mean, and he's not unfriendly with LeBron either. But right. if he gets on Durant's team, there is a non-zero chance that he could play on Sunday and that he could be the all-star MVP, which would be, I mean, it's all for show, as we've said, but right. that would still be pretty darn cool to be the first person ever to do that. And it would make up for years and years and years and years of kind of being ignored or left out. Yeah, and maybe he's aware of that thought, and maybe that's why he's choosing to continue. I don't know, but he might need I'm rest. Just, yeah, you don't want to shooting arm, you know, get it tired right. on Saturday. I guess. Right. I'm just I'm bummed. I was really looking forward to seeing him in the three point competition, especially because Steph Curry is also going to be in the three point competition. Now, I am not a Dame or Steph type of person. I'm a big Steph Curry fan. I don't often say that publicly, although it's becoming more. I, I feel like I've said it a lot this season, so I guess not really a secret anymore. It used to be a secret, <laughs> but I am a big Steph Curry fan. I think he's a great I think he's a great player. I think he's fun to watch. I've never been one of these people who thinks that we need to compare the two or differentiate who's better. I think it's okay for them both to be great in their own. That's, that's always Why what the that's always what the person in second place says. I am not in second place. No, no, I don't mean you. I mean Nor like. Nor is Dame. Okay. I, well, I know. I, just... I think you can make more an argument that Dame isn't second now, but I can hear Golden State Warrior fans rolling their eyes like rolling the basketball down the court. Like that's always, no need to judge between number one and number two. They're great. And they're going like, yeah. no, 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 sorry. Look at the rings. Here's... Number one, who did it first? Number one. Anyway, Here's go the ahead. Truth. Finish. I don't yeah. like this. Like I hate the goat debate. I hate it. 
hate it. I don't like it. And it's not because I don't want to see like somebody called the best or anything like that. I have no problem with that. I'm not a participation trophy kind of person. Maybe that's hard to tell from my positivity on this podcast. But again, I'm very competitive. I want to win. I don't want to be second. I don't want to be tied. I want to win. But that being said, like, I just think, I think comparing players is so difficult because you're not playing an individual sport. It's not like golf where it's literally you are the only person that contributes to your score. You're playing a team sport. I mean, you can go off. Dame can have a hell of a night. If the team is struggling, that's going to affect his stats. I think it's really, really hard to make a fair and honest comparison between two players in, in this type of a situation. And even like going to the GOAT debate, where you hear Michael Jordan and LeBron, I think that's an impossible thing to compare because they played basketball in two very different times. And so it's just a hard, it's just a really, if you chucked LeBron into Michael Jordan's time or Michael Jordan into LeBron's time, they would be very different. I just think that's a hard debate to have. And I don't really necessarily see the need for it. I think it's okay to say that they're both great and let people think what they want. I don't know. Jordan that's, would that's, have a, that's Jordan kind of would a, have a harder time adjusting. He'd have a bigger learning curve, but he might still end up with that drive ending up. I, I mean, he could shoot three pointers if if he needed to. He, he would be great in any era. LeBron, I think, would have instantly been adapted to uh, as far as his teammates. They would center the team around LeBron. He could go back easier. That Jordan could go forward. But that said, I think you're right. Goat arguments are fun to debate, but no one will ever be right. I would suggest right. you forget the goat. What you want is the G-O-T-M or the Gotham, uh, which is greatest of the moment. And that's yeah. all you can hope no, to agreed. be. A lot of times that's Damian Lillard. He is the greatest of the moment, especially on those last possessions now. Everyone fears him. And that's what you can ask for in that three second span. Are you the one? And the answer for Dame is often yes. The answer for LeBron is often yes, too. And it's a different setup and different situation. And you can't really compare the two. It's a completely different style. But uh, I think Dame can be happy knowing he's the got him. And the Blazers can be happy knowing that they've got him. I just I think it would have been fun to watch him and Steph Curry go head to head in a competition like that. I think it would have struck up a lot of debate again. Because then that's going to turn into, well, this one won, so they're better, blah, blah, blah. And I, that I'm not looking forward to, so I'm glad we get to save that. But They, they did it I, once before, I think. And uh, Steph they? won. Yeah, I believe. I've I, Now, I'm not an all-star expert, as you know, but I believe that yeah. that went down three years ago, maybe four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, again, it's just, I think it would have been fun. But I, I think you're right. I think playing the game is going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. I'm looking forward to that. So look, forget the three-point contest like the actual one hold that you know hold that crown a champion but then i want you to take two racks of five balls each and put them near half court at the logo or at half court and have like any three nba players it's got dame steph and someone else who's a dark horse step up and you shoot those 10 balls from half court and you crown a, a logo fun. champion. Yeah. And that would take zero. I mean, you have one round, you have 10 shots. That's it. I think they should do that. The spring that as a surprise right there. That would be fun. I would like to see that. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I don't want to see any of this because it's COVID and they should all be home. But we if did we're that gonna, podcast. If yeah. Yeah. They didn't ask me my opinion. So I'll be watching anyway. They should have. Uh, Maybe that microphone should like has echoes across the NBA. Adam I mean, the Silver's truth is, Dave, I don't really know why more people don't ask me for my opinion, but they just don't. So here we are. We always do. 
on the fastest um, rising podcast in Blazers. So, I mean, that's got to yeah. be something. So, Anthony Simons, last season, we were all over here hashtagging everything, let Ant dunk, because the guy has hops, and we want to see him jump. We want to see him dunk. They didn't put him in last year, but this year, he is in. I am excited. Dave, what do you think? I think what they should have done is put him in the dunk competition, but then have another three-point competition where you cut the time in half, and... Ant would have won that with his quick release, just like same racks at the three-point arc, but you've got half the time and Ant just grabs and shoots instinctively and he wins, beats everybody. Uh, I'm yeah. glad I'm glad to see that he's a part of it. I, I think Ant could have probably done the skills thing too, along with Covington, frankly. So I think he's one of those multi-dimensional guys. Hopefully this will get him some publicity and some notice. And I think he's certainly earned it with the way he's played. He's one of the exciting young players in the league. I'm good with that. You're obviously very pro Simons in the dunk competition we'll see he's going to leap over dame at some point right i heard that he's planning to incorporate dame and that he's been working with Derek jones jr who is last year's reigning champ here's what they should do i will give you the dunk right now okay so ant and jones jr play leapfrog over each other so <laughs> ant dribbles right and then drops the ball to djj on his way over jones jr's shoulders right and then jones leaps over simons and gives him the ball back and then simons leaps over jones jr for the dunk i mean that would be be, okay you can forget it that is the winning dunk unfortunately i don't think derek's going to be there but that would be sweet yeah. Yeah. I saw some footage. I think Amara posted it maybe of Ant today. I don't know if it was today. Today it was when it was posted, but he was dunking and the whole team was kind of on the edges watching and, you know, and there he dunks it and they're all up in the, I start to say up in the air. They're not up in the air. They're not dunking up on their feet, cheering him on. And I, you know, I'm excited. I think it's going to be fun. I think he's a fun player to watch. I love the dunk dunk competition i think it's a fun part of the all-star weekend it's i mean my only wish in life is to know what it feels like to dunk a basketball so i think that watching other people do it will have to suffice i guess for well, now, have i I'm said this in our two. written piece you're a mom you literally have permission to get a nerf hoop and go shack same. on your children like, that is not the get same. Get a driveway I wanna... hoop and put it at seven and a half feet. No, wait a minute. You're five two. Okay, put it at six and six feet, and you, you can dunk. That's just not the same. It's just not the same. I'm gonna know. It that is to I... your child. I mean, when you are skying over them, knocking them down as they try to take the charge, you jam it home on them, and you say, <laughs> "Take that! I carried you for nine months, and I just buried you." <laughs> That feels the same as Derek Jones Jr. skying for a dunk. I guarantee it. Try it with your children. You will love it. Them, not so much. Until they all cry and I'm the one who has to calm them down and then all the fun is gone. There's no crying in basketball. (laughs) Get up, kid. Take the charge again. The refs don't like you. Sorry, I'm the superstar here. Yeah, I. it's not quite the same. One day, I'm 
not going to dunk. I don't know what I was going to say there. Well, someday <laughs> when we all get to the pearly gates, I will be there before you probably. <laughs> I will be waiting with a ball when it's your time. You're not going to like see relatives from the past or whatever angels. It's literally going to be me holding a ball. It's like, come on, Dia, do it. And I will throw you the alley-oop and you can go up there and jam it in front of St. Peter and everybody. I mean, at that point, I feel like I'm going to be flying. Yeah, well, so, so does Derek Jones Jr. <laughs> True. He only true. comes down because he chooses to, because he has to play. <laughs> it's not like gravity has much of a hold on him. So yeah. So anyway, that's it's going to be fun. I I know we talked before about how we didn't really think the All Star Weekend should happen. I still don't think it should, but because it is, I will be watching. It's going to be entertaining. I'm excited to see our guys participating. I am hoping that no one gets COVID. And we can all go back to our regular season when it's time. I also think we really need this break. And yeah. I think it'll be good to get the rest. And I'm looking forward to the second half of the season. That's huge. But they're rescheduling games left and right. I mean, oh, God forbid. What happens if someone diagnoses or gets whatever tested positive like before the All-Star game, like actual All-Stars? Like I've, the worst things thing would be for them to come, obviously, and spread it. But, you know, you could have a major effect on the weekend with one or two players test positive. I just think, like we said before, it's a huge risk. I don't like it, but I like that they're taking the time off like you. I mean, reschedule. They've How many games have they rescheduled now because of this literal issue and they're still doing this? Like if yeah. there were zero games rescheduled, I'd be like, they got this, but they ain't got this. Uh, but no, we'll see. It doesn't yeah. really make sense, but let's hope for the best. It'll be a good break. Great for the Blazers. The Blazers need this. They will have played one game between now and the time you hear this. I hope they've won that. But even if not, two of three this week, and we'll call it good. I don't think I don't like them going into the All-Star break, losing three, winning one, and then losing two. That's like one of six. That's not great. But if they win two here this week, I think... They've done everything they possibly could and ended on a great note. And the first half of the season is a rousing success to me. For sure. I think we're, you know, we're, we're setting ourselves up for being in a good position going into the second half of the season. I don't feel like that. I mean, that definitely hasn't always happened. So it'll be nice to not be playing catch up. It'll be nice to be maintaining and, you know, kind of moving forward. So the big specter would be those rescheduled games. Now, now Portland hasn't had a lot of them. I think they've already made up the one that they had or something. Maybe. No, I think maybe they maybe have one. One. Okay. But if their bunch is up five or six, they're already playing every other night. Yeah. I mean, at the some point, I don't know where you put those. It's going to get more intense physically. So I hope that some of the Blazers are on their way back because yeah. I don't see them getting through the second half of the season with eight men, especially. I mean, and it's not just their own rescheduled games that they have to worry about. It's literally the other teams and a lot of other teams are having to. So like knock on wood that, that they have extra troops for the second half. Otherwise, I think the fatigue could come back huge and I don't think that's good for Portland yeah no I agree I think I I mean the second half of the season is going to be rough that I think we've already established that it's going to be really rough they have 10 back-to-backs which is a lot uh, that may be the most in the league I know I think the Lakers I heard some people complaining about theirs and they have eight I think we're we're up there with the amount of back-to-backs that we're going to have it's and Portland travels I think Portland travels more than maybe more than any other they, team they do in the more league. than any team in the league between the back-to-backs, between the traveling, it, it's a lot. So, you know, I have high hopes still, you know, going into the second half of the season that we're going to do well. We're going to get CJ and Nurk back, hopefully. 
um, and that we'll we'll be able to pull off a good seed in the playoffs. Well, I mean, strength of schedule has something to do with it, and I should have checked. Maybe I can check before next week. But, like, there's some total – there's some shocking stuff going on with strength of, strength of schedule, like uh, the Jazz, who are clearly leading the West, have the third easiest schedule remaining, and the Nets have the easiest schedule remaining, and they're huge in the East. So, I mean, obviously you don't hope that Portland takes the number one spot in the West. That's not realistic. But it would behoove us to look at Portland's strength of schedule remaining because, I mean, that on top of things could get really ugly. Now, that said, if they've made it through the first half with a winning record, which they are going to do, with this many injuries, you can't count them out of anything. But no. I hope it's... I hope the second half gets level in some way. It's not going to be level schedule-wise. I hope strength of schedule, injury return, whatever. I just want it to be an even road for them for a little bit, even if it's for a month or a month and a half. Just steady. If you do decently, the results will be their schedule and path because I'm tired of working uphill. And as we keep saying, as we've said since the beginning of the season, this is a one-year trip for them. This is a one-year shot with this roster. And God, I would love to see them play normal, under normal circumstances, for at least a part of this season. Yeah, I mean, and we haven't even talked about the trade deadline and all of that. I Maybe we save that That's for next, next time. next week, yeah. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see if there are moves that are made. I've got some ideas in my head. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I don't know if it'll happen by the trade deadline, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the next moving forward with Gary Trent Jr. and CJ because yeah. I don't think we will have them both. No. So. And and there's there's interesting names out there, not for Portland, but I mean this is, I mean Zach Levine in Chicago, I mean Minnesota. Have you seen how terribly Minnesota is doing? Oh yeah. my gosh, they're a bad team. At what point do they bail on Carl Anthony Towns? And I know that that probably won't be soon, but at some point they've got. And poor guy, I mean nobody has been affected more by COVID no, than he is. No. But he had such expectations and hopes and played so well early in his career, and it's just almost become a shell. Gosh, I don't know what Minnesota does. I don't know what Sacramento does. They were doing great. I was so happy for them early in the season, but they've hit such a rough patch, and there are not a lot of outs going forward for them. So, I look, there's a lot of things that could move at the trade deadline here, and even more that could move earlier in the summer. So, this ought to be interesting. Just I, I don't know what Portland does other than get some longer-term contracts so at least they're settled or bail on some of their players. And it'll be interesting to see which way they go. I've got opinions, but I think maybe we save that for next week. Sure. I I think that's going to be a topic we need to talk about is, is this trade deadline and what do we do and who stays and who goes and who do we want? It will be Dia's that, be an least favorite podcast. Yeah, I don't love it. I don't love it. I don't love the idea of us losing anyone. But I'll tell you, I went, I sat down and went through our list of players and decided who I could handle letting go of. And there are a few. I won't be happy about any of them, but there are a few that I think I can let go. And I think you're going to be surprised at, uh, at at least one of them. Well, I think you might be shocked about one of them, D actually. Dia's not heading to the trade deadline. She's going Marie Kondo like she's preparing for a garage sale. Like, okay, I, mean, I have duplicates of this, so I got to let one go. I have to mentally prepare 
far in advance, Dave. I have to mentally prepare. If it it's a, it's a rough it's a rough time for me. It's a rough time for <laughs> me as a Blazer fan. It's a rough time for me as someone who has imaginary friendships with these people. <laughs> oh, I you know, and I remember. I feel like that. I'm betraying my friends. <laughs> okay, so uh, my prime imaginary friendships were with the Drexler era teams, as yours started to be as well. But for right. me, it wasn't just Clyde; it was everybody. Cliff Robinson and, you know, people, Danny Young even, bless his heart. I went through that. And then I kind of got attached again to at least the idea of the Roy Orden Aldridge era. And, you know, because people forget Rudy Fernandez. I mean, Nicola Batum was there, obviously. I mean, there were a lot of players to like, even Sergio Rodriguez, except some Blazers Edge early, you know, participants at the beginning kind of killed that for me just because... Like they hammered Sergio so hard as being the greatest thing since sliced bread, and he just wasn't. And they were ready to butcher anything and anyone who either didn't agree or any coach who didn't play him or whatever. And Sergio, I liked him. He was fun to watch. It was fun to watch him and Rudy Fernandez. But boy, Sergio had some defensive problems and lots of other stuff. In any case, that was my second like reminder, don't get too attached in that way and it's just like I, I have a harder time now I mean Dame you can't not love Dame but I'm kind of even sanguine where if Dame goes somewhere else because he wants to I'm okay with that so yeah I yeah. don't know Dia that doesn't work in my life I am not the kind of person that cannot get too attached I get too attached to everything I was the kid that had a stuffed animal rotation and I would apologize to the stuffed animals that I didn't sleep with every night I, I mean, I, I get emotionally attached to everything. I can't, I, I, I just can't, it's not in my nature. So I am emotionally attached to every single person on that team. And it, I have to mentally prepare myself for the breakup. I have the same problem with my cats. I have, <laughs> I have a lot of cats and I can't sleep with them all every night because they don't get along. So I have to apologize to like a couple of them and it's the other cats night. I so. mean, at least they're living creatures. Well, so are the trailblazers, Dia. I, I, well, I thought you were referring to my stuffed animals. <laughs> no, well, I mean, stuffed animals are important too, but that can be another show too. We better wrap it up here before we yeah. get... You can talk all about your stuffed, your stuffed animal collection uh, another time. I yeah, want to know no, what the, kinds you have had. I, 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 I was going to say it's past tense. Now I have children. They are also living creatures, just so to clarify, <laughs> until you dunk on them. Anyway, for Dia Miller, I'm Dave Deckard. It was a pleasure to have you here, and we will see you again next week when we'll talk about what happened during All-Star Weekend and also the trade deadline. Have fun, and go Blazers. A hater sees an opening down the lane, moves towards the hoop, but then Dia comes out of nowhere to swap the shot attempt away, saying, get that weak stuff out of here. Dave scoops up the loose ball. Now it's a fast break the other way with Dia. She's flying down the court. Dave sends her an alley-oop. She jams it. Boom! Shakalaka! The crowd is on its feet saluting Dia. I tell you, if she isn't the rookie of the year, they really ought to just stop giving the award. What a talent!